Hi everybody, this is Andrew from Therefore I Geek. Don't be alarmed, you are in fact listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast. It just happens that the first several episodes we recorded went by the name Random Thought Generator. We changed the name starting with episode 9, but decided not to go back and try changing everything about the old episodes. So, without further ado, enjoy this episode of Therefore I Geek. You are listening to Random Thought Generator, episode number 8, brought to you by Therefore I Geek. I'm Tracy. And you are listening to Random Thought Generator. And today we are going to be talking about uh, one of everyone's favorite former science fiction shows, Firefly. The, the biggest reason we're going to be talk- we're talking about this today is that in a little under a week uh, here in, in Virginia, we have the Big Damn Shindig, which is the Can't Stop the Serenity showing uh, for us locally in, in the, the Hampton Roads area. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Can't Stop the Serenity is basically charity showings of Serenity and, and various other things. For us, it's a Serenity, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, uh, as well as uh, usually some shorts. Uh, Mikey Mason has performed the last few years and is again performing this year. Who we, uh, we're looking forward to seeing. And Mikey actually did a guest uh, blog for us about why we should not bring Firefly back, in case you for, had forgotten. Uh, he did, and uh, we'll go ahead and put the put a link to that in the show notes, so you all can take a look. It's actually a really interesting, pretty well uh, well thought out uh, opinion on it, especially for someone who loves uh, Firefly so much. Uh, in fact, if you look at the Firefly Wikipedia, uh, part of the way down, they reference Mikey's song, She Don't Like Firefly, so... Mikey is definitely definitely one of the brown coats. No, but uh, in general, Can't Stop the Serenity is uh, raises funds for a couple of different women's uh, charities that Joss Whedon is a is a particular fan of. It's Equity Now and Tracy. Do you remember the other one? Um, Equality Now is the big one, and then just the other one kind of is in general protective and pr- um, protection and promotion of human rights of women around the world. So, and and that I guess that's just um, other random charities that contribute to the same um, general idea of women's rights. Right. I'm I actually the Serenity, I'm looking at uh, the it, website right now, so I and I okay. was looking for that. Yeah, yeah. Can't stop the Serenity's been going on in Norfolk now. This will be the fifth year. Um, I think it's been going on for seven or eight years now uh internationally they started with 48 cities and now it's 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 really blown up to a significantly significant number it's it's a lot of fun you know you get together with your uh your fellow fellow firefly serenity fans and just uh enjoy the film but obviously the film 
uh, wouldn't have happened without the television show. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually saw Serenity before I saw the the TV show, and um, I have to say I still like the show better. But that was um, what last year or the year before? It was a couple that years was, ago. No, that was actually just that was just a year ago. Oh wow, so much has happened. Well, th- this year somebody new has taken over uh, the local direction of Can't Stop the Serenity. So last year it was the same weekend as Free Comic Book Day, and then this year it's going to be uh, late June. So that that's that's where you're 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 feeling slightly off. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And just just to point out really quick the tallies right now. Um, since two thousand six, when the first Can't the Stop Stop the Serenity event started, um, they've raised over eight hundred thousand dollars. And then this year, so far, because most of the events haven't happened yet, it's around four hundred and fifty dollars. So I'm sure that that number will spike in the next couple of weeks because this is usually the month or so when all the events happen. Oh, absolutely. So obviously, for those of you who are are uninitiated uh, with Firefly, uh, the show basically follows around kind of a, a misfit crew uh, that live really on the edge of society, on the edge of the law. Uh, you have a couple of war veterans, the captain Mal and uh, first mate Zoe, the pilot, engineer. Um, in addition, they pick up a few uh, a few strays, if you will, Simon and River Tam who are running from the authorities after Simon broke River out of a, a, a government institute. And uh, they also picked... Institution. It was... Yeah. Yeah. Just because institutes usually don't cut you open and look at your brain. You know, sometimes. <laughs> we hope. I mean, not that well, I remember that happening, but maybe that's you know, maybe that was their whole point. You know, when there are slow days, you got to you know, pick up the slack somehow. <laughs> Oh, and, and overall, the tone is it's a space western, so cowboys and spaceships, which is a fun combination. It, you know, it's a fun combination. I don't know that it ever really worked. Not 100%. You know, I really, I, I do enjoy the show, but there are times when the the western part takes over too much. You know, um, with, I, I, I understand that there's all this, this great technology and that not everyone has it, but but to 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 revert back, what is effectively several hundred years, if not over a thousand years in technology, just really doesn't make sense to me. I was under the impression that the reason that we saw so much of the Western, at least here, was just budget, and that uh, if this had been um, four or five seasons long, like I'm sure that it should have been, um, that eventually you would have seen a much smaller amount of western uh, culture creeping into it i just i mean i realize what joss whedon's intention was um he always cites that very famous shot from the um opening credits where serenity flying over a band of wild running horses as kind of the theme of the whole thing but yeah i just i just got the impression that they kind of reverted more to the western stuff just because they didn't have the budget to put in a ton of new technology yeah, but that's my take. I think they embraced it a little too hard, though. I mean, there are certain <laughs> there are certain now there are certain episodes where it is super super heavy. The one where um, they deliver the cattle, or is that one, the one you're thinking of? I swear by my pretty floral bonnet that I will end you. Yeah, that's one of them. The other one is where they take uh, Simon and River captive. Isn't that the same one? That's the second half of it. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole, yeah, that whole um, little two-part thing. Yeah. I, actually, I think the one you're thinking of, I swear by my pretty flower bonnet, I think that's, uh, I think it's the beginning of Our Mrs. Reynolds because afterwards they have the party. Right. Okay. Yep. Sorry. I confused those two episodes. I was thinking that was the beginning of the, of the safe episode. Gotcha. Sorry. Go ahead. And, and there are certain aspects of the show I can really get behind, you know, especially Serenity itself. The fact that, I mean, it, the, the ship runs obviously, but it's, it's kind of cobbled together at times. It's kind of a hodgepodge and, and, and it's not, especially it's not, it's not the Star Trek look of, of technology of science fiction. I can get behind that, but I think they just, you know, when you go even from some of the technology to just the, what, you know, what looks like something out of a, you know, a Clint Eastwood or a John Wayne movie, it's just jarring. It doesn't, it doesn't mesh right. It doesn't quite work. And, and I think that was in part to the show's detriment. I mean, it's campy. It's, you know, we embrace it, but it's because we, we, we want to like it. Joss, Joss Whedon did it and we want to like it. I don't think it's a natural, a natural thing that we like. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's a pretty good assessment. I like the show and I, I mean, everyone says this, but it's, it's true. Um, the reason that I embrace the show is because of the characters. They're, the development is amazing. We've all talked about this a hundred times, so it's this is nothing new. But um, yeah, I think you're right that the setting of the show is not why we like the show. They could have set, you know, the whole thing could be set in a, the Princess Bride situation, and we would still like it as long as it had those characters in it. So, yeah. Well, I think for the most part, the reason most people embrace the Joss Whedon show is the characters. They like the way Joss writes characters. That's a significant portion of the reasons the reason the Avengers was so successful. He did a great job on astonishing X-Men when he wrote it because we can embrace that kind of the, the, the counter to that though, is that Joss tends to write the same characters. I mean, for example, there were times and a friend of mine pointed this out and I completely agree reading astonishing X-Men. There are things that Cyclops says that I can absolutely see Mal saying almost an exact the phraseology may be a little bit different, but almost an exact word for word what he's going to say. Absolutely. No, that's true. That's very, that's very fair because um, when I watch Firefly, I hear Buffy, um, not Buffy herself, but I hear, you know, the Buffy speak is what we call it. But the way certain characters stammer, certain awkward situations are very Joss. And the same thing with a little bit with Dollhouse, although that's such a very different set up that that show sometimes takes some unusual turns but um but yeah the characters are you can tell a joss character you know absolutely and and that's not necessarily a bad thing and he does bring certain things you know to the show um mal has a very very distinct cadence to the way he speaks i think part of that is 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 joss trying to play into the western aspect of things but i think it it's distinctive and it does work well, some of that is also Nathan Fillion. Just, I mean, if you ever watch any episodes of Castle, which I do not recommend, but sometimes, you know, you got to have your Fillion fix. Um, he has some of this, some of the similar rhythms to his his voice, not necessarily the using the same words, of course, but um, I so to some extent, that's also the actor. Well, yeah, I was I was referring more to to the I mean, literally just to the way Mal speaks. Some, oh, some of his turn, turns of phrase and things like that. That, While, while yeah, I agree yeah, yeah. Nathan Fillion brings a lot to the character, 
that's not necessarily what I was what I was thinking of. For me, having watched Serenity first, everything was pretty spoiled, pretty quick. I mean, obviously. Yes. And, and I'd like to say, I, I also watched Serenity first. And Serenity was good, but it it's not, it's standalone. Um, in fact, some of the continuity is off with the show. And I, I don't know why, but I prefer the show's pacing. I mean, I, I like series anyway. I, Netflix has me so spoiled on binge watching that I can't even stay. I mean, this season of Game of Thrones waiting a whole week in between episodes was torture. So I I do love to binge watch long TV shows. But I don't know. I, I, I prefer the character development in the show to the movie. Yeah. Now, now I do think that the, the show did really improve over the course of like, the half season it was around. And, and unfortunately... Fox, when it originally aired, it aired the episodes out of order to a significant extent, and they didn't air three episodes. Three of the stronger episodes um, trash the message in Heart of Gold. Which are among my favorite episodes. Absolutely. I compl- First of all, I completely agree with you, but also, yeah, those were definitely some of the stronger episodes with better writing. Although, I will admit, I had forgotten how bad the visuals in Heart of Gold were. Yes. They are awful. I was I mean, going to say that, but yeah. You, you, the um, the whorehouse in question is essentially wrapped in space blankets, and it really it looks terrible. It really does. No, you're absolutely right. But the writing is solid. I mean, actually, I thought that Malcolm Reynolds had more chemistry with um, what's the name of the madam? Oh, I've forgotten. Mandy, I believe. Mandy, maybe? Yeah. I thought, anyway, I thought he had far more um, connection and um, just chemistry with her than he ever had with Inara. But then Inara is not my favorite character. Well, no, and, and I don't ever, I've never felt that Inara truly fit. She, she was, among a group of oddballs, was probably the most out there. But, I mean, the whole, the whole companion concept was just, just really bizarre. I read something, and I don't know how true this is because I, um, a lot of fans have a lot of speculation, and some of that makes it, some of that sounds very uh, plausible. But they said that um, her syringes were intended to be explained later. I don't know if you remember that brief cut to her syringes there. She quickly closes the box, I think, when Mal comes in or Kaylee comes in. And they said that she was infected with some kind of deadly disease and that she had to take a regular dose of medicine to keep from dying from it. And I thought, well, that's interesting, except for the fact that since companions are, you know, a very regulated uh, vocation, I guess, that, and she had to have that yearly physical or whatever, wouldn't they prevent that, a deadly disease prevent her from sleeping with people? Mm, well, that just uh, sounded so sketchy. Not, not if it wasn't sexually transmitted. But I, I mean, I mean, that aside, I mean, that doesn't explain just, in general, doesn't explain companions and, and her characterization. I, again, I'm just, I, I am not, I'm not a fan of the actress first off, and I'm not a fan of the character either. It's, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually, the one I think who fits, I mean, if you're going with the, the idea, you know, the space western, the one who fits the most is actually Shepard Book. I think. Really. Of of, of the extra people they pick up. No, I, 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 I think I think the idea of of 
the the frontier preacher who's who's you know they're really for less for the the fact that they actually believe and more for just the general spiritual well being he's he has found a flock whether they whether they realize it or not <laughs> yes yes he has i i mean we just recently met ron glass and he seems to be in many ways like shepherd book um in at least just the way he carries himself and the way he speaks very measured Yes. And I, I love his interactions. Of course, some of the best interactions that he has with the crew are on um, are Mrs. Reynolds. And you, he has a sense of humor. He's a little sarcastic. Um, and I don't remember which episode this is, but he interacts. I, it might have been the train job. I think it was um, where he's on. He, they're sitting in the or He's sitting in the kitchen and Inara comes in to make herself a cup of tea or something. And um, he says something about how he doesn't feel like he feels like he should be doing something. And she says, well, you could pray for him. And Shepard says, you know, I don't think Mal would appreciate that. And she goes, don't tell him. I never do. And I just, that, that he interacts beautifully with every character. I do appreciate the way that the majority of the main characters interact with each other. They, they definitely fit. Yeah. um, yeah, And I would definitely agree with you about him interacting well with all the other characters. Even River, who is, you know, very, very out there, you know, very much not right. Um, he still has some really great interactions with River when, when she decides to rearrange his Bible. Yes. <laughs> that, that was particular. That was good. That I loved his uh, dissertation on faith. That was really, really beautiful and unexpected when I first watched it. I, I really didn't expect them to have anything quite so literally uh, religious in that show. Because typically there, I mean, there are pieces of religion in a lot of Whedon stuff. I mean, you see just threads of it, but it's never directly spoken about. Um, this is one of the few shows in which somebody talks about it directly, which was very cool. Yeah, and I would say, um, pulling from the movie for a second, the conversation between Mal and and shepherd at the end and even though he's he's a, he's you know he's a preacher he's a shepherd uh he's got that moment where where mal mal starts to say um mal saying he's he's getting bored with the sermons and shepherd without missing says why do you always assume i'm talking about god when i talk about faith yeah yeah so the, yeah and of course you know the shepherd is also kind of the big mystery of the show even, even more so than river is what is Shepard's past? Because there's obviously more to it. The, you know, he knows things he, that a normal a shepherd wouldn't know. I think uh, the, the big bounty, one is yeah. The bounty yeah. hunter at the end, yeah. at the, in the last episode, says um, that's other, no shepherd when he gets the medical treatment from the alliance. That's one so, that I always think of um, when they're just oh okay, well we just scanned his clearance card and uh, we're done. Yep, yep, he can have whatever he needs. That was pretty suspicious. Yeah. So I, I think kind of the big question is, you know, the show went off the air. The last the last episode aired on Fox you know, 11 years ago. So the big question is really, why do we still love this show? Why do we have Can't Stop the Sorority? Why have we embraced this as such? Uh, I, I think in part, there is always the, we love the underdog. You know, the show didn't, did you know, it tried hard, but didn't end up doing very well. I also think, you know, there's a lot of, we wanted to, like I said before, we wanted to like it. You know, it was different. It was quirky. And it, it was, it was the first time in a while they had done 
a science fiction show on network television. Well, for one, that wasn't Star Trek. That was very different than Star Trek and really did its own thing. You know, it wasn't formulaic. It wasn't not. It wasn't it was it, it, it fit its own formula, but its own formula was different than what, what had come before it. So I think that's part of the reason we we, we still embrace it. And it's it. You know, it's Joss Whedon. It, it is well written. It is quirky. It is funny. It's, it's got some amazing. It's got some great one liners. It do, it has so many quotable one liners. Um, I recently, uh, the same weekend that you were rewatching it, I got a friend of mine. Finally, I've been bugging him for months to watch it for the very first time. And this is an eighteen year old uh, college freshman, so he had no. He had a little prior experience with Joss Whedon, but he had no prior experience with Firefly whatsoever. Right, and he was seven when it went off the air. Yeah, ex- oh, gosh, that makes me feel so old. But anyway, um, <laughs> and, you know, he he, I've been bugging him for months, and he just kept saying, yeah, you know, it's on my list, but didn't show any real... Um, just like when I was told about Firefly and Serenity by so many people, I kind of felt, you know, it's something I'll get around to. Like, it's something that I'll watch. People keep saying I'll love it. That doesn't usually mean that I'll love it. You know, it's I, it's kind of 50-50 whether anything that anyone recommends to me is something I'll actually enjoy. So he kind of gave me the same. And I, you know, I let him, you know, I figured when he actually watches this, he's going to be upset that he didn't do it earlier. And sure enough, it's summertime glasses are out whatever he watched the show and he sends he starts quoting it to me just like i did with you when i first watched it he's sending me oh, quotes. yeah yeah text blah, blah 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 quote something else quote something else i'm like and then finally at the end he goes i am never gonna stop quoting the show am i nope but welcome to the club <laughs> so it it, it trap it's not just those of us of that generation that love it it's everyone that watches it i mean even brand new college freshmen that you know were, were little kids when it came out and and it's not the budget was low um a lot of like you said the visuals are not great um and yet new people watch it regularly and are still entrapped by it that's fantastic that means really it was really good storytelling yeah and i would say the other thing is yeah like i said having rewatched it just over the over the course of the last week uh in between uh work and sleep I had forgotten some, you know, some of the the great lines that I loved so much, and ones that I actually got a fair amount of use out of at various times. One of my favorites uh, is in in uh, the train job, and Jane says, "You know, what the chain of command is the chain I get and beat you with until you understand he's a rotten <laughs> commander around here." Yes. And I used the hell out of that in college. Yes, that's that's a fan. I love Jane. Okay, I did not expect to. I spent the first, I think when I first watched this, and I'm just going back to memories now, um, and now I want to binge watch it again. I remember sending you messages and saying, who is this Jane guy? I don't like him. I don't know why he's here. He's kind of frustrating. And you just kept saying, okay, okay. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I think maybe it's Janestown might be. And oh my gosh, that or that just, or maybe our, our Mrs. Reynolds when he offers Mal the gun for uh, saffron. His face in that moment was just so earnest and honest, and that's the first time that you actually see that side of him. And at first, I thought it was a complete joke. Of course, I mean it, the scene set up to be um, sound threatening at first, and then to turn into what sounds like a joke, but it's not. It absolutely isn't. It is so funny. Oh man. And so now he's he's absolutely one of my favorite characters. And although he's so ambiguous, you know, I mean he betrays Mal. Or he doesn't he says he didn't mean to betray Mal, but he wants to get River and Simon off. And I mean he never 
really sways from that. He always wants to get rid of River and Simon um, the whole time, no matter what that takes. Well, but it's it's not necessarily out of malice. It is it is no. out of fear and mistrust. Well, and a sense of self-preservation since, you know, everybody wants to kill them. And they're yeah. perfectly willing to take out the fire, the serenity as well. Well, and Sorry, Jane, Jane's great line. Yeah, yeah. Jane's great line in the movie is she's damaging my calm. <laughs> she really damages his calm all of the time, too. Yeah, the, through the entire series, that was a really a, a very spot on line uh, in the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, um, Jane becomes grows on me. River, I would have liked to see more of her storyline. I think that towards the end, she was really getting better. And that would have been really interesting to see. I mean, obviously, we could lament many storylines that didn't get um, that didn't come to fruition. But um, I'm not sure how much I liked her. I I think the main four, of course, are Malcolm, um, Wash, Zoe, and Kaylee. Everybody loves them. Um, I did not expect to like Wash as much as I did. I think he is fantastic um war stories was his breakout his breakout episode he's fantastic um zoe is a warrior woman and probably my spirit animal and mal's just really attractive and then but but kaylee is so sweet you know i mean she's she's who you want to be she's honest she's absolutely completely genuine she doesn't have she doesn't have a malicious bone in her body at all right um, don't ride in a Capistan 50. They fall right out of the sky. <laughs> Anything with a Capistan 50 or a Capistan 50, 50 engine, engine. Yeah. They fall right out of the sky. Favorite line. And the strawberries. The strawberry situation with Kaylee. I mean, I, I think that probably that moment when Shepard Book um, basically bribes her for a place on the, um, on, on the ship. And she goes into her bunk and she opens this box and you don't know what's in the box. So she opens the box and just bites into the strawberry and you just go, okay, this girl is so sweet. Like, this is the one thing. Not money or um, any kind of a treasure or something beautiful or a gun or anything like that. It's a strawberry. That's what she, that's what she wants. Yeah. That's sweet. My favorite uh, Kaylee moment, again, actually comes from the movie uh, when they're meeting up with Fanti and Mingo. It's, it's, and it's the interaction between she, Mal, and Jane. And the way she puts it is, I ain't, never, I ain't had uh, something twixt my nethers that weren't run on batteries. And Mal just, oh, God, I can't know that. And Jane, of course, is, I can stand to hear some more. <laughs> I love that. Jane is such a brat. Yes. That that's a good one. Um, I don't know. So so many favorite moments. I I love the. Um, well, there were a couple, and again, one of them is from the movie. But uh, the whole the beginning of trash. And I, I mean, you had kind of told me that that there was something really awesome coming up, or something that I would enjoy coming up, I should say, and um. You just kept hinting at it pretty much the whole time I was. I, I basically watched Firefly over the course of an evening, I think. It was uh, no, it was about three nights. Was it really that long? Um, that was not. Well, you had you on had purpose. work and you had work and school, so yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was doing my damnedest to get it all done. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, so that the moment where Mal is sitting <laughs> naked in the desert, and he goes, well, <clears throat> that went well. Um, is that the quote? I should probably look. Uh, I think it was something, something to the effect of that went to plan. Um, because, because later on, later on the episode, obviously, uh, Inara finds him, or comes and gets him, as kind of the backup plan, and, and he's just sitting there naked and doesn't care. Okay, so here's here's a big question that I've always wondered. Was that the backup plan? Or had they all conspired with Inara from the beginning? Because that's the impression I got, that they had talked about it off, off camera and decided that Saffron was still up to something, or whatever her real name was, um, was still up to something, and that Inara and he were going to get together and save the day. Um, I, I, I think it was more the... I think it was a planned backup plan. I think they were hoping that that Saffron wouldn't get the better of them, because I think I think Mal thinks he, hey, I know what I know her game, I know what she's up to, I I got this, just in case though, you know. Okay, so we agree that Inara, they knew that Inara was there. It wasn't her working behind the scenes without, yeah, Um, yeah. He says, yeah, that went well, but yeah, that was that was that was a lovely moment for me. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, so um, I mean, as far as favorite moments go, that's a pretty good one. Or the the one where um, Inara phones in on the um, video phone in Serenity, the movie, and Mal gets up and I mean, I, I when I watched this in the theater, everybody in the last year at Can't Stop the Serenity, um, all the females, I mean, who have probably seen this dozens of times, still all gasped on cue. It was it was pretty fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I have to say one of the one of the great things about the the whole, the Firefly, I use the term franchise loosely. I know fourteen episodes in a, and a and a film can really be considered a franchise, but one of the things I love the most is the is the fan support. You know, I mean, if you look back, this is one of the first uh, big internet attempts to save a to save a television show. Yeah, uh, there there have been several moderately successful attempts. Yeah, over the years, I want to say Jericho uh, got another season out of that. Uh, interestingly enough, the original Star Trek—not obviously not the internet, but the original Star Trek—got uh, an extra season out of out of fan, basically fan letter writing and and, and uproar. But you know, the fans d- did their damnedest to save the movie or save the show. Uh, it didn't get saved. They had they went out and bought the DVDs in fantastic numbers, which is really what led Universal to make the movie. And although the although again the movie itself was not a particularly big commercial success, you know we're still showing it. I mean we've got this charity event they've been doing for eight years now, averaging about a hundred thousand dollars a year, give or take. You know, and I mean people. People really embrace it. You can't go to a convention, especially now. You can't go to a convention not alone without being, seeing people in in Serenity costumes, in Serenity and Firefly T-shirts. There are also almost inevitably uh, brown coat booths. I mean, the local brown coat groups yeah. will have booths. At Phoenix, we saw quite a few. Actually, like three, I think. Um, two. It was, it was actually okay. it was actually it was actually the same ones who were in Emerald City, um, and actually I think Phoenix is the first place I saw 
uh, a brown coat group, like independent of independent of Serenity. I think the first, I think at that, at that point I had gone to Can't Stop the Serenity once before, which is obviously put on by a local brown group, brown coat group. But I don't think I'm I'm fairly certain Phoenix in 2011 was the first time I'd seen them actually have some kind of booth. And and it's been pretty consistently at every convention since then. And you see it in real life, too. I mean, I was walking around campus and I saw this one girl, um, you know, just going along after class, whatever. And she had a brown coats unite uh, T-shirt on. And, um, you know, this is on a college campus, like you said, 11 years after um, the last episode aired. Most of these kids were under the age of 10 at the time. And it just has it gets a lot of love in real life. You know, I'll I'll be out and about just doing stuff and I'll see somebody with, you know, like a small firefly pin or a patch on um, on a coat or a jacket or maybe a backpack or something like that. And it's it, it's a very loyal fan base, which is fantastic. And I'm glad to be a yeah, part of it. Yeah. And one of the other interesting things is you know, in recent years, probably the last I think about four years, maybe five. We've also had gotten some Serenity comics out of it. Um, there's yes. the current there's the current series, which I had read somewhere was actually only going to be six issues. I thought it was an ongoing, but I, I thought I, it was too. That's hmm. I had seen somewhere recently it was only six issues, um, but there was that. There is, and there were uh, three different, uh, basically little mini mini series, one of which actually covers Shepard Book's background. Um, I have not oh. had a chance to uh, to read any of the older ones, and I'm a couple issues behind on the on the newer ones. But you know, in general, I mean, they're very well done. Joss has had input. Um, His son but, you know, Zach I mean, is the one that's doing them, that's writing them, though. Okay. Well, but I mean, there's still there's obviously there's still there's still input there. Um, but I think it's interesting. That, like I said, I mean, eleven years later. We haven't. We have. I mean, be it be it a six issue miniseries or or, or an ongoing, we have new Firefly content, and and frequently that doesn't happen with with stuff with with shows, especially ones, quite honestly, that that don't make syndication that are this short. Yeah, and um, the cool thing that I like about the comics is, and I've been reading them. I, like you, like you, I haven't seen the older ones, um, but I've been reading these new ones. And it's not just new content. It's not. Ju- it's also not just wrapping up old line storylines. And it's actually new stories starting. I'm not sure that it could end in six issues because um, the stories that they've kind of set up are quite large. Um, and it sounds. It it feels like a comic that's going to be ongoing. I really hope that it is. Um, I'll have to do some more research and uh, see if we can throw a couple links in in the uh, show notes about that. But um, it's what I like about it. Like you said, it's, it's, it's new content. It's, it's an ongoing story. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and this is actually not unheard of though, for a Joss Whedon property. Um, Buffy, the vampire slayer is on season nine, I think in the comics, but the show went what seven seasons. Yeah. I, I thought it was further sh- than that. I thought angel was in season nine. Let me look. The, yeah. The, the show is the show went seven seasons. They've got at least nine seasons in the comics for Buffy. You know, so it's it's not completely unheard of no. for for Joss. You're correct. They are on season nine. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so it's not unheard of for Joss Joss properties to to continue themselves in the comics. 
Um, of, Joss properties also have a bizarre tendency to to end ab- fairly abruptly. I think Buffy I, is I, the I, only one that ended the way that he wanted it to. I don't know that it, I don't know that it necessarily did because I mean there's two more seasons worth of comics and he wrote the first season. Well, but I it think I, th- I think it ended at a pl- I think it didn't I think Buffy didn't end as abruptly as everything else, so he was able to plan it a little bit better. But I think it still did not end where he wanted it to end. Yeah. With Angel, which is now Angel and Faith working together. Um, I know that that one didn't end where he wanted it to end. Um, I haven't read those comics. I kind of like leaving Angel ambiguous as to whether they survived that final battle and continue to fight or whether they didn't. Um, that I thought that matched how the series, the feeling of the series overall. Um, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Dollhouse. Oh, I love that show. But the amount of content they tried to cram in the last two episodes is really ridiculous but yeah yeah so so with that in mind maybe josh should stick to movies because the avengers did very well and uh well have we heard if agents of shield is picked up for a second season yeah it was picked up like halfway through oh it was shield has been picked up for at least a second season oh that's good uh and, and you know honestly given given how things went after captain america i i think the show has a lot of potential it got off to a rough start Yes, it but did. I think I think it, it 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 found itself at least more in the second season. And and remember, Joss Joss is only the executive producer on that. Yeah, he he wrote and directed the pilot, but beyond that, he really is he's only been tangentially involved. And you can tell it doesn't feel like a normal Joss show at all. No, it does. It doesn't feel that way entirely. There there is definitely the hand of the hand of Joss is definitely there. The, the guiding hand, if you will. Yeah. Um, there's a quote by Joss from the Firefly DVD commentary. And he says that all his shows are about creating a family, um, which is, I mean, I think that that's fairly, a fairly accurate picture. Or maybe he's speaking um, about what he wants to portray, maybe not necessarily what he gets across, but... Buffy is definitely about getting a group of people together and creating a family since her own home life is um, mildly dysfunctional. I mean, her mother, Joyce, is a fantastic woman, but her father's not in the picture. Um, She's in a little bit of a tumultuous situation, what with being the slayer by night and a normal uh, high school student by day. Angel is about a whole bunch of lost souls, just random people um, from Fred stuck in a completely different dimension to... um, Wesley, who's, um, you know, a failed, uh, failed watcher. And after Faith went rogue, Faith joining them later after as a slayer that went rogue. Um, and, and among other characters, um, Firefly, of course, is the crew of the Serenity becoming a family. And, and that's mentioned multiple times in the show. And Dollhouse, too. A um, bunch of mis- misfits um, with their brains wiped, becoming um, a close-knit group. Yeah, and I'm, I see that to an extent. However, at the same time, I, I've learned to take what Joss says with a little bit of a grain of salt. There are several times, especially with with Shepard Book's character, that that Joss tries to, if you listen to some of the commentary and stuff and what he said after the fact, he, he tries to kind of lead you away from something, you know. And 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 I don't know. If he's not trying to give away Shepard's past or. I'm really not certain on what he's trying to do, 
But he says things that you're just like, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. That doesn't fit with what you've done. Mm, yeah. So. So, Tracy, do you have any uh, any final thoughts on on Firefly? Um, it's it's a great show. It's something that I enjoy watching multiple times. I'll probably uh, go ahead and watch it again now that we've had this conversation. And um, if you I, the big thing for me is um, if you're a brown coat, if you love Firefly or if you've never been introduced uh, to the series before go ahead and look up you can go to can't stop the serenity and you can find out if there's going to be an event near you and and go support a great cause and watch a great movie and spend some time with other brown coats and then go home and rewatch the show yeah absolutely um again for those of you in hampton in the hampton roads area uh can't stop the serenity it will be um yeah, a little over little little under a week now It'll be on june 28th at the narrow in ghent from 12 to 4 um, and I'm not 100% certain but I believe t- you can actually buy tickets ahead of time online this year I believe I saw that uh, as well yes yeah so um, I know the event has sold out the last couple of years so but you know you know you may want to get your tickets early here so but and again if you're in a in a different city absolutely you know go to the website and and check out because the check it out actually there should be a, a local showing uh, and again, Tracy said it's for a good cause. And I was going to say, too, if you're here in Hampton Roads and you come to Can't Stop the Serenity, you will see us because we will be there. We will. I will be wearing my fantastic Serenity hockey jersey. Oh, right. Yes. I'm so excited. I still need to scotch guard it, though. Oh, you should do that we... first. Well, we're not going to do it after. You're, you're not going to scotch guard it after Can't Stop the Serenity? Well, I mean, like some point in the future, but, you know. You should probably scotch guard it before wearing it. That's that's what I was. That's all I was saying. <laughs> Tracy's giving me a fantastic pouting look. <laughs> so I think to, once again to wrap up the show, Tracy, what uh, what have you been checking out lately? Oh my gosh. Um. Well, I am wrapping up the last week of a summer session. So um, the last week or so. I read David Peterson's, one of his Mouse Guard books for the first time. I'm really excited about that. It's a comic that's, if you read Redwall at all, uh, the Brian Jakes series when you were a kid um, or recently, uh, and you like them, you'll definitely like this. If you didn't like Redwall, I think you still will enjoy it. It's a nice little um, heavy book, a graphic novel of sorts um, about a mouse with a sword or an axe. I'm sorry, not a sword. Um, and how he saves his... Um, how he saves his uh, colony, I guess, something. Um, the group of mice that he belongs to, he saves them. Um, it's awesome. You should read it. Um, and then there was something else. Uh, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I'm a little bit deep in this project that is due tomorrow, and I'm not done with it. So, yeah. I will have more by our next podcast. I have a whole nice. stack. I've got 12 books to read in my, in my for fun stack. That doesn't count my for work and school stack. Right. And on the return trip from Phoenix, uh, just before we before we left, I picked up a book called uh, Red Shirts, and I managed to read that in under two days. That's a record. It's it. It's not a record, but given how slow I read, that's that's that says a lot of how good this book is. Now, the book was 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 very good, um, very humorous. Uh, Tracy and I, you and I, you and I had talked a while back about. Um, the meaning of the phrase meta yes this book is extremely meta 
that's fantastic. But 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 it's good. It, it's it's self-aware in all of the fun ways, not all of the really aggravating, cliched, annoying ways. So that's really nice. And like I said, I mean, the book is fun. It's a really light read. I'm also reading. I may have mentioned this before. Super Boys, which is a history uh, of Josh, uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe uh, Joe Schuster, the the two men who created Superman. It's getting a little bogged down. You know, I'm probably close to 7,500 pages in, somewhere in that range, and we're still talking about the two guys in high school. 7,500 pages? No, no, 75 or 100. Oh, okay. Sorry. But we're getting kind of bogged down, and it's just, you know, I would like to move forward on on what's going on. I understand that their, their adolescence was important, but but I think we can move beyond it, so... Uh, and I've also started reading uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Nice. I Yeah, that's on my list of doom. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard such great things about it. And I've only, I've, I'm only a chapter in. And already crazy things are starting to happen. Uh, and, and I really enjoy Neil Gaiman from, from his work on Sandman and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to, to where exactly uh, the book is going to go. Nice. Nice. You'll have to, um, I want your copy of Red Shirts now that you're done with it. Okay. I'm pretty sure that can be arranged. Sweet. So, I mean, again, if you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it in iTunes and leave us some five-star reviews. Uh, we can certainly use, uh, use your support, and we appreciate the support of those people who already have. In addition, well, I mean, we do run a blog, so be sure to head on over to thereforeigeek.com and check out all of our uh, various posts and the show notes for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit us up on facebook.com slash therefore a geek. Or if you want to talk to us a little more one on one, you can hit us up at Twitter at therefore I geek or Tracy is at Mary eyes. So once again, I'm Andrew and I'm Tracy. And this is random thought generator. So no more running. I aim to misbehave.